The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, welcome you to the uh, the community of Big Hearts uh, podcast. Uh, I'm Stu Starkey, and sitting here with Christian Clavel for the first time. Yes. Uh, really excited to speak with Christian. Um, the reason, uh, one of the reasons, I'm really excited to to speak with Christian is um, we we're trying to look at how to support, how to inspire um, community through many many different ways a diverse set of ways to support and christian i think is one of the most powerful ways which is through purpose so looking to looking excited to dive into um christian's purpose and, and what inspired him so christian if you wouldn't mind uh telling us a little bit about yourself so about myself so my name is christian clavel i'm the president of canadian first aid training or formation en secourism canada here in winnipeg <laughs> I, uh, we've been in business for 13 years and, uh, we do three things really well. We do all kinds of training. Mm. We sell defibrillators and we support them and service them. And, uh, we do event first aid. So whether it be those little five kilometer walk and runs all the way to the large ones like Festival de Voyager, we do stuff like that too. So, so yeah, the, the training, it's the full gamut from, we take care of uh, the, the nine-year-olds who are taking the Stay Safe program. So, you know, good versus bad, stranger, you know, how to call 911, babysitting, all the way to uh, Advanced Cardiac Life Support, or ACLS, uh, which is uh, for doctors and nurses. Uh, we do prenatal education, so expectant parents. Um, we have a registered nurse who does that. So we do all kinds of stuff, the wilderness and remote first aid, workplace health and safety required type courses. So, yeah, in both English and French. That must feel really good. Yeah. Running yeah. a business that is helping people um, save lives, yeah. stay safe. Uh, that would be very rewarding. Yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. it's proven itself time and time again. I mean, if if I think that I'd started off with just some of the, the basic workplace health required courses, everything kind of stemmed from that. So um, you start teaching people and you're like, you know what, do you guys do this type of training? And then I kind of look into that do a little bit of homework and think well there's no reason we can't so hmm. we'd get the appropriate certifications and you know how it works i mean you know when it comes to business it's um it's it's like a sprint you have to try to uh, keep up with the pace and uh, keep your customers happy and, and then you realize pretty quickly that um that uh you're impacting them you know like what's what's people have always asked with training don't you get bored kind of teaching the same thing and and it's completely the absolute opposite every group is different mm-hmm. uh it's you you get really refined in your technique on the delivery of the same material uh you realize what works and what doesn't work and then you know at the end of the day people take these courses i mean if you can impact them just a little bit on retaining something in the event of a medical emergency then you know it it feels good to do that i mean People don't know this, but 80% of the time that you actually are going to help somebody, it's somebody you know and care for and love. So, like, wow. it's very rarely, like, it's not you're walking down the street and then randomly, you, you know, somebody collapses. It does happen. 
but most of the time you're at a family gathering and all of a sudden something happens or eight out of every 10 times people do first aid. So you're there first and you start to aid and you're there kind of like for the short term and you call 911 80% of the time it's somebody you know. Well, yeah. If if you're marketing yourself, that should be your tagline because yeah, that yeah, is, that is yeah. quite motivating. <laughs> what yeah. got you to to start down this path or into this business? What what was the kind of north star that that uh, guided you towards this area? That's an awesome question. So, um, I wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> so I I left high school. I graduated grade 12 and I went to university, got a a double major, BA degree in justice and law enforcement and sociology. Um, And then I realized when it comes, you know, you want to become a police officer, you need to get, you have to prop up your resume. So I figured, you know, became a volunteer firefighter for eight and a half years in the arm of Richot, that's south of Winnipeg. I uh, started coaching volleyball, um, went to university kind of, and then I I got a job at uh, St. John Ambulance and uh, started Mm. teaching first aid there. But then the problem was is that at that time it was just really competitive to get in. And I applied right. to a few different places, you know, the RCMP and, you know, different police services across, uh, you know, the country. And, uh, you know, it's a highly competitive process. Please reapply. Like that's kind of the general theme of of the um, of my my beginning. So I thought, you know what, I really enjoy first aid. I think I think I'm going to maybe do this on my own so I can have a little more flexibility. So as if the time comes, I can shut it down quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I won't have like this commitment that I could just shut it down and I could get, you know, pursue this policing. How long so, ago was this? Uh, 13 years ago. Okay. <laughs> so then basically um, I started teaching first aid, um, hooked up with somebody that was just really awesome and uh, kind of partnered up with him. Ended up buying him out a few years after. But mm-hmm. Um, we just evolved. We, you know, we needed an office space, hired my first employee. Yeah. So you started out just you and a partner yeah, uh, with a few people going through courses and, yeah. and where are you at now? How many people are taking your courses each year? So we have, uh, we have seven employees. We have 15, uh, instructors and, uh, last year we taught 5,100 people, um, over the 13 years. So Three years after we started, we started selling defibrillators, and so we now uh, we've placed uh, upwards of two thousand defibrillators. We track 2000. and monitor two thousand, and uh, things are pointing to uh, just blow that out of the water this year because with first aid a certification is only good for three years, and in some instances it's only good for one year. So mm-hmm. what what happens is people need to recertify, and so in the past few years we've actually been able to kind of. Um, get involved with a CRM, a proper client relationship management system. And uh, we've built automation into that to kind of remind Mm -hmm. people, you know, just a friendly reminder, your certification is due soon. By the way, here's our website. You can register. And that's really, really um, amped things up. You know, it's, it's extremely painful as anything to, to get to that point because, you know, you think far ahead, but you have to invest, you have to build up the, uh, the company to support that kind of overhead and, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just going like uh, like crazy right now. Awesome. Yeah. Can you can you tell us about um, one or two of the most um, proud or impactful um, things or moments that your business has done um, for the community or f- or for specific people? Sure. Um, because we sold so many of these defibrillators, it was a it was a matter of time where somebody would actually end up using them. Right. So, 
um, a couple years in, our first defibrillator had been used. And uh, when I took the call, it was kind of shocking. Like, uh, the person was actually, they had just used it. And, uh, and the first question is, well, you know, did he make it? And yeah, like we resuscitated him and he was breathing and it just became crystal clear that if we're going to be selling these medical devices, these life-saving devices that, Mm -hmm. you know, if we think about it, if somebody collapses and they go into cardiac arrest and we do compressions and breathing, so CPR, the chance of survival is about 4%. So that means if you did CPR on 100 people that went into cardiac arrest, only four people would survive. However, if you use a defibrillator, within a couple of minutes, chance of survival is upwards of 75%. So wow. it's like it, it's amped up exponentially because what you're able to do right there on the spot is start the compressions which they need and put this life-saving device which can't shock people by accident. So that's the nice part about these things. You can't make a mistake. I can put this on you right now and the machine will say no shock advised because you have a heart and it's working. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, when, when that came about that we had provided that that life-saving device and had provided the 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 debrief it just became crystal clear that this is not a small deal these are we're providing the training which is great but the the thing that's really going to make the critical difference in the in that you know in the cardiac arrest is the medical device so we needed to support it so from there i just we decided we were going to become subject matter experts and uh, be the best ones that could do it so that sounds like a pretty darn good investment for yeah. <laughs> uh, those kind of stats from going yeah. from 4% to as long as somebody knows CPR to 75%. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I, I want to try and come back to um, purpose and explore some more of that because I know, Christian, you've gone through um, some really traumatic events yourself mm-hmm. that have, have likely reshaped um your purpose and, and perhaps motivated you further. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're comfortable, uh, yeah. if you wouldn't mind exploring that with us. So if, if you can imagine, uh, about four years ago, I'm a young dad. I've got a almost three-year-old and an almost one-year-old. And, uh, you know, I... You know, I'd spent nine years kind of putting this thing together, this business together. Things were kind of going pretty well. The The company was, uh, you know, I'd done all kinds of really um, neat things. You know, I'd, uh, I hired my dad. Um, he was our service tech. He was kind of tired of being, uh, he was on the, on the, you know, working on trains and stuff. And I kind of mm-hmm. offered, I said, look, like, wouldn't you like to just, you know, install things, drive around and be kind of like our frontline sales guy. You're, you're a pretty jolly, good looking guy. You know, you could probably, <laughs> you know, drum up some business for us. We'll give you a service van. This way you don't have to move around all the time. And I had uh, hired my sister and, you know, it was kind of cool because, you know, she was my, uh, you know, kind of like my director of training and I was the president and my dad was a service tech and we had some other employees. And true and, uh, family it, was like a, yeah, it was like a family business. Yeah. And so, yeah, we had just a really good little thing going. And, um, you know, long in the short, um, a few years ago, uh, the, the, the province of Manitoba had passed some legislation requiring that certain types of facilities had to have defibrillators. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they had uh, in, invested to place a thousand defibrillators. They're going to invest a million dollars and they were going to place a thousand defibrillators without the, throughout the community. And all you had to do was apply. Well, I immediately when I found this out, I I made some calls and I said, like, how do I 
promote that we can place these defibrillators. So long and the short, um, we uh, we just got fortunate to be able to place 500 of those thousand defibrillators. It was a huge endeavor. It was um, couldn't have been done without all the people that were involved. Uh, you know, my sister, my dad, and uh, we were just on fire. Banner year, um, investing heavily, expanded the office, um, and. Um, the 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 kind of summer after everything we were kind of just coming off the heels that all the ads had been placed we were just kind of picking up the pieces and licking our wounds it was a really busy season and i was in vancouver with my with my wife and uh and um uh like our kids like and we were just uh on a boardwalk and i got an cryptic text message from on my phone and who was it, it from it was from my sister who worked with me and so I immediately knew that that was extremely serious. It was actually, you know, I won't get into the specifics, yeah. but I immediately called uh, one of my best friends in Winnipeg because I was in Vancouver, and I said, call 911 and uh, get them to go to this address. He calls me back. I call 911. They told me that they are there and everything is okay. That's the summer. To say that... It uh, that was a complicated situation would be an understatement, but um, she'd had kind of like a mental health break. Uh, there mm-hmm. were um, from the summer, um, you know, she stopped working. Um, impacted my dad that that was um, that's something that he we it was kind of a surprise. Like mental health, it's this really big calm. It's it's a really big thing to try to understand, but if we wrap it up, is that everybody in the world is pretty much impacted by mental health, whether you directly are impacted or, you know, somebody who's um, on antidepressants or has an anxiety disorder or anything, it impacts everybody. So it impacted me. It impacted uh, my dad, Uh, but things were okay. We, we, we were there for her. I had another sibling uh, and, you know, um, we came together as family. We just, Mm -hmm. we pulled it together. Everything was going to be okay. Um, I had to replace my sister. That was tough. You know, I didn't quite have all the policies, protocols, and procedures in place for that to happen. So, and, and, and you replaced her because she wasn't working. Yeah, because she was had yeah. she'd stopped working. She was yeah. going to be on uh, away for a little while. And, yeah, and yeah. we had uh, you know at some point October was coming around November. She was going to start in the new year. She was going to start again in the new year. She was kind of she was seems comfortable to come back and um, uh, just before Christmas. Uh, Got a call um, from my wife. I was working late, uh, as most business owners do, at Tim Hortons, 11 o'clock at night. Get a call from my wife. Christian, come home. Oh, I'm almost done, hon. I was just going to finish this. No, Christian, come home right now. There are two police officers here. Hmm. Pack up my stuff. I'm like, what the heck could this be about? Drive home. It's like three minutes from my house. And uh, two police officers are there. And they told me that they were sorry to say that uh, that uh, my sister had passed away cascading set of events um to say it was a traumatic um you know few weeks that kind of came about with that would be again an understatement right triggered a whole bunch of things um you know impacted my dad my mom you know had to be the strong one as the business owner I had to now become the super son and and uh, i organized the funeral i was there for my other sister took it severely um had to replace my, you know, had to, you know, at the same time as this is all happening, I had to replace my dad and my sister at work. Like it's, you know, the intertwined nature of trying to 
to be a dad, to be a decent husband, um, put on a face for everybody, try to be there at work, try to provide guidance. Um, and it just, uh, it was just a really long, really long process. And, um, it impacted me on the business front. Um, if you can imagine most, uh, entrepreneurs, they, they're probably, uh, they start off as being the best salesman in the company. Well, if you can imagine, I wasn't a, I wasn't a good salesman. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't kind of doing the things there. you're supposed to do. Yeah. You're not, uh, you're not kind of pounding the pavement or call following up with people. Um, then all of a sudden the round of people start finding out. They want to call. They want to be there for you. Um, they want to take you out for lunch. They want to. And so what happens is, is then you take your eye off the, take your eyes off the ball. And um, six months after it had happened, it was becoming kind of like abundantly clear. Like the, the company was distressed. Um, sales were not where they were at, where they needed to be to kind of sustain like the, the apparatus that had been built around it. Sorry, Christian, just first, you know, sorry for that. I I actually um, went through something somewhat similar Mm -hmm. recently. Yeah. Um, My stepsister uh, had mental health issues that we weren't nearly as aware of as we um, probably should have been. Um, And it's tough. Uh, She ended up passing away six months ago. And... Um, family came in from all over and I was uh, speaking with my other stepsister and she was coordinating all she's she was so strong through the process mm-hmm. and she asked me you know will you speak uh, after I told a couple stories that night we had had a couple drinks and we were telling stories about um, my stepsister and uh, she says well will you tell those stories uh, and you know do part mm-hmm. of the eulogy and man the emotions that came through me at that moment I ended up doing it it was you know there's over 400 people there and for me um you know even this isn't natural uh yeah in, in front of a camera um but to do that in front of 400 people was so tough but she gave me the strength the thought the yeah. thought of um representing her mm-hmm. and doing this for the family and really um you know finding my my purpose in that event and there's there's like very few events that would inspire me to have mm-hmm. the confidence mm-hmm. to do something like that and and doing that actually gave me the confidence when when uh this idea came across my desk after being gone through that experience i realized hey i can do something like this yeah so i just want to share that with yeah, you yeah no I, I appreciate I, it i yeah. think uh you know it's a return to something you said uh, when you said uh it's something you should you ought to have known. That's such a tricky thing because it's a, it's a heck of a lot more complex than that. It's um, we're all human. We all care and love people, and we uh, we always want to be there for the people that we that that are in our lives. And what I found out of like this um, this experience that kind of has a part two to it, but the the part of that what's important is that uh you did what you could based on the information at the time right which is really important to remember because as i'll explain maybe after the the one of the most important things i've learned very recently is compassion fatigue and we're kind of hardwired in some respects to you know 
if 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 you give too much, like if you if you're if you're giving so much energy to other people, you'll run out for yourself. So what I what I found out more recently and have a lot more of a handle on is that I think we always try to be there for others in times of crisis, but we need we always kind of hold back a little bit because like we know it's going to last for a while. Right, because mental health is not a—it's not a, like—it's uh, not going to be done in three weeks. Yeah, it's not a sprint. Yeah, so you're aware that maybe there were some some complications or difficulties as time goes on and things happen, and you want to be there, but you want to be tough with them, or, or you think you should be tough. So to kind of return to what you said is like you—you should have kind of could have known it's—it's it's so much harder than that. Yeah, you're right, and, yeah. and in in the darkest moments, that's what goes through my head. Yeah, is that you yeah. know I could have done more, we could have done something. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, usually I find my way through it and realize that, you know, yeah. um, we were there, we had great times, and yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and try and give the same advice to others who are yeah. struggling. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, sorry to yeah. uh, digress. No, from, no, no, not at all. No, I think story. it's important because I think if we can consider that there are variables of this across everybody that we know on where people are at with others that are going through things, it's just... Um, it's just complicated. It's it's not it's right. not very simple to, to to wrap your head around. So you um, are now doing mental health yeah. um, uh, courses. Yeah. Uh, was this is, is this event that helped inspire doing these courses? Yeah. So when it happened, when this happened with my first sister, I kind of, you know, I kind of left off with saying that uh, it impacted the company. So then I was kind of, you know what, six months in, got my footing, kind of figured things out. Um, you know, my dad had, had not come back to work, finally convinced him, you know, nine months after it had happened, you know what, we're going to get you back to work. We're going to put you on light duties. We're going to keep this super simple. Um, there's no pressure. He came back to work. It was tough, tough to, you know, tough to be the boss of your dad. You know? Yeah. That was complicated enough as it was, but the, this, this situation had, had really impacted him and a year in, you know, we, we passed the one year anniversary. It just happened before Christmas the year before on December 21st that my sister had passed and um, got through Christmas, got through all the, the first years of everything without her. January comes about starting to hit the, the you know, the, the, the new year, starting to get busy. Things are happening. No word of a lie. Exact situation. Uh, January uh, 21st of of. Um, of the of, of 2016 I'm at Tim Hortons I get a call uh, from my wife Christian your mom is here come here now and I'm thinking to myself it's like 11 o'clock at night like is she having a you know is she having a pat like what's going on I get there and she tells me the f- same thing oh, my, my second smart. sister had passed um, to say it, it replayed the exact the same emotions, the same complications. It impacted me personally the same way. I had to plan the funeral. My parents were impacted. My dad had stopped working again. Um, you know, the the same round of people coming back, you know, wanting to be there for you. The, the, the community was there for me. Like, holy man, you know, when people come, you know, people come out of the woodwork, it's, it, it again, um, it's, it, you know, I hate to call it it, and it almost seems uh, it was so distracting again. 
I think that's probably we had just we were just right coming here. out like the company was just coming out of that that you know we were getting some steam back you know I, I hate to bring it back to the company but it's like that was my livelihood that thing that I really c- cared and loved right. and wanted to do well um it just it was like a, it was like a open palm face slap again and uh, went through the same thing with my dad leaving um did the same kind of roller coaster with the company um set me back a few notches six months after you know my wife phenomenal uh my kids you know the 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 hugs and the kisses and all that that you know that keeps you going um to obviously this this took you to quite a dark place yeah and we really want to also talk about after hearing this how community came around and supported you so the community was there um all the friends, the family, the acquaintances, um, the employees, uh, everybody was there for me. It, uh, I think it's, it took me, you know, that six next months to kind of get back into the groove. I was a little worse for wear. The company was again in distress, starting to make some headway. And I think the lead up question that you had kind of mentioned was, you know, psychological first aid. And so this is where I feel that the juncture of like where purpose really gets amped up. Like, yeah. like why am I here? The Canadian Red Cross, it's, it's a huge organization. Just the Canadian Red Cross is a massive organization involved in all kinds of things on a world stage. The Red Cross is a massive, um, 190 plus countries around the world. They decided they were mental health, been percolating for the last few years in the news people are talking about mental health mm-hmm. it's it's more kind of open there's still some taboo around it but Canadian Red Cross decided they were going to develop a psychological first aid course mm-hmm. um, but they wanted me involved They the people at the Canadian Red Cross all the upper echelons the people I've been dealing with because you know we're an instructor development center with the Canadian Red Cross we're the largest in Manitoba um, we're a training partner we have instructor uh, trainers that teach people to become instructors so we're we're known and they were all aware that of the stuff that I had kind of gone through. And so they mm-hmm. actually thought, you know what? Let's bring this instructor trainer, Christian, into the mix. And we're going to put him on the kind of the development team of seeing, like, what's the impact of this? Like, it was all based on science, but let's, let's, get, let's get me involved. And uh, I'm taking the course. They, uh, they, they have these instructor, uh, master instructor trainers that are, they started teaching them the material. And to say how impactful it was would be just again just completely an understatement um it was so impactful to the point that i i you know i even broke down and cried after i did a self-stress assessment uh do, <laughs> no you know they, they make you because they want to get you to check in because like the most important part of this course like it's kind of interesting but day one of the course self-care how to take care of yourself how to build resiliency if you go through a crisis or traumatic event, how do you return to self-care? Like mm-hmm. it's this very nice reciprocal thing. The second day is how to be there for others going through times of crisis or going through a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. And just it became crystal clear at that time that, you know what? I <laughs> This is exactly where I need to be. <laughs> I'm going to get something out of it. I The material is extremely relevant because if I think of it, you know, my sister's, they were both depressed. They were both on on medication. They both had um, long, long histories of this kind of. I've never been depressed a day in my life. Mm-hmm. Never felt that I had that thing going on for me. But what I did or what I'd gone through 
was a traumatic event and there are real physical and psychological them, yeah. ramifications of that um it just um it became apparent that i needed to be here that was i was at the right place the right location i was i was being i was a part of something bigger and uh when they rolled out the program last fall in uh, 2018 uh, they um they asked me to become uh, one of three instructor trainers across the country hmm. to start the process of teaching others to become instructors to teach the program to help people when they're there for people they care for if we use the 80% of the time 80% of the time you're probably there for people you care for right. and and how to be there how to listen the do's and don'ts of listening what are you looking for how do you for lack of better words hand them off by doing a bit of homework where do you look for the resources to try to line them up and link them to a resource that's because you know in a lot of ways you're not a psychologist I'm not a therapist I'm not a you know a uh, you know, a therapist that that knows all the ins and outs. But if I'm there in the moment and I notice these things, how do I hand them off to somebody that's above my pay grade that can maybe help this person so that they can get back to living? And that that has just been firmed up in my belief that that's what I'm my purpose is now. The, the reading that I've done recently talks a lot about um, when I'm trying to learn about community. One of the um, the issues that we have in our society now is that there's more social media. There's more removal from that community aspect, which is creating um, some of this loneliness, which leads to mental health disorders. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever that courses like that are needed and um, communities created by the Red Cross and and like yourself Mm -hmm. Are are absolutely critical yeah. um, to helping those that don't realize what these new inputs are doing to us. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about finding your purpose yeah. um, and and what a fateful program to come across yeah. um, to you. And I'm curious. Uh, just I think one more question yeah. on this. Uh, did did it help you um, when you started teaching these courses? When you found this. Um, purpose of helping others it helps me every time yeah when I teach the course um, I want to circle back to um, uh, unfortunately when you were going through those those dark times uh, you know our podcast is about community so mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about how the community um, came around and helped you out helped you through those mm-hmm. those times so I guess what I'd mentioned before is like family, friends, acquaintances, uh, the employees, they kind of all came about and rallied, we'll call it mm-hmm. that. The Maybe the part of the community that I, I didn't really mention is uh, the business community. So um, I'm part of a, you know, a, a group here in Winnipeg. There are a lot of types of groups like this, but the Winnipeg Executives Association. Oh, yeah. And um, um, a bunch of uh, very... Um, uh, decorated human beings, uh, men and women alike that have started their own companies, entrepreneurs. A lot of people there really helped, provided some guidance. I had uh, somebody come about, um, they they approached me. They said, look, uh, I'm kind of in the financial end of the equation in, uh, in business and uh, I think I can help you. I can... Let's let's have a coffee. We need to sit down because I had done a presentation. I had explained that uh, you know things were kind of tough in the business these days, and you know kind of laughed it off. Mm-hmm. 
they took it very seriously. They knew that there were probably going to be some massive ramifications with the business if I didn't take care of things right away. And so they had presented themselves. And on a few occasions, some of the companies came about. They knew me now. I had impacted them. The story, they, they had all been made aware of what had happened. Somebody had <laughs> circulated things that we had gone through some some tough stuff. And I, I didn't share that openly, but uh, it became clear that some of these businesses are like, yeah, we need some first aid training now. Like all of a sudden, like this business came in. So it kind of like propped up, you know, the, the P&L for the for that month and uh, the, the banks <laughs> right. to talk to I had to talk to the banks and the handlers and the, and all these people and explain the situation. And they came about and they gave. You know, simple things, you know, even from the business perspective, having like a principal postponements on loans and stuff like, you know, we're going to give you a break here for six months here. We're going to you need to kind of regroup, like regather some momentum with the company because, you know, you're not selling like you should be. And the, the understanding was there, which is really cool. So anybody listening to this, you know, to this interview, if you're in the financial sector and, uh, you know, your uh, your client has gone through something, I'm going to tell you, it absolutely means the world like that. Especially in business like yourself, oh, you're, yeah. you're you're helping um, save people's lives, literally. Yeah. Um, so some forgiveness through some tough times would be yeah, or just some flexibility, just yeah. providing some off ramps to kind of allow because it's it's not it's not intentional. Uh, I think the, the <clears throat> I don't think the bankers are going to know how much uh, it was awesome that I, that they were there for me. Right, I don't think they'll ever know. To the fullest extent, because I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was uh, close up shop and, uh, you know, because it's something that was out of my control. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I think we'll end up talking about this uh, in a few po- a few of the podcasts, but um, what inspired uh, my, my partner and I uh, and from Two Small Men was we wanted something that was going to energize us and we realized that the community has been supporting us like we literally move people in in the communities that we operate in and um they're supporting us and and helping us pay the bills and then some you know we've we've been successful and Mm -hmm. we feel that we owe it back to the community and and encourage other businesses that are supported by the community to do the same and in whatever way that is most efficient you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and realistic yeah. and, and realistic and sustainable we you don't want to do it in a way that's gonna um put your business in jeopardy so you can't do it anymore yeah so for us we do something called big hearts move of the month and actually just a couple of days ago we, we we pledged to do a, a free move every month for the can you organization awesome. absolutely um, that's really awesome and, and it, it's we're so proud of it because there's literally nobody else or there's literally nobody better placed to do that service for people in the community than us um so no one can do it more efficiently than us yeah so we feel a responsibility to do those sort of things and and hopefully we can inspire others listening to do those sort of things that their specialty they go and help others in need Mm -hmm. um in in moments of need like yourself and Mm -hmm. um others who are going through some some tough times and um, hopefully uh, yourself uh, yeah. you can throw together some courses for yeah, those absolutely. people we do. in the community we absolutely do actually we where it's it's uh, it always comes through me and I'm you know I'm the I'm the the, the best place to make some of these decisions but my staff know they <laughs> my staff are good they actually know how to pull my heartstrings pretty easily but um, 
fairly consistent, consistently, staff come into the room, okay, Christian. And as soon as they say that, then I know they want something, yeah. but it's for a good cause. And right. so even like the fact, what I found is you doing this, it's going to come, it's going to, it's going to filter down to the staff right. and the staff will feel empowered where I feel like they'll come up to me and they'll propose, say, look, Christian, can you, can you give this guy a deal? And here's, here's the reason I said, no, no, don't just, just tell me, tell me the whole story. Okay. The guy like, okay, he lost his job and he, no problem. You know what? Just give it to him for 30 bucks, you nice. know? And they'll be like, are you serious? Yeah. Give it to him for 30 bucks. Well, you know, we'll, you know, and we'll, we'll do stuff like that for the only reason that it's, it's a good thing. It's reciprocal. Like, it's just good vibes. Yeah. It's, you know, it doesn't I, cost you much it, oh. and the impact it's going to have on that person is huge. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a no brainer to do those sort yeah, of things. Absolutely. With people who have the skills yeah. um, to do those specific things. So that, that's amazing. Yeah. That, and if you, you do, do that, that with, with like this initiative, I, I can only tell you with like certainty, the, uh, the mantra that will kind of develop the around, around the people that work with you will, they'll feel it. They're part of something. You know, yeah. so they'll, they'll do an extra good job, you know, and it'll actually it'll probably affect their the way they work just in general. When, when we do interviews to, yeah. to hire people, we talk about our, our initiatives that we do. And that I can feel is the moment that um, those individuals are most interested in working for us. Yeah. It's not the compensation. It's the good that we're doing in the community. So when we talk about um, we one percent paid time to go support an initiative that's important to them. The only thing we ask is that they go take pictures so we can inspire others to do the same thing and share with our team that the good that, that really? we're doing. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we give um, 10% of our profits in donated services. So programs like the Big Hearts Move of the Month and mm-hmm. all sorts of uh, individual uh, programs that we do. Uh, we just did one that we're pretty amped about that everyone got involved in in Alberta um, was Ride the Roof. I'm supporting uh, a great cause. Um so yeah, we we're we're really getting into this. We threw ourselves into it a year and a half ago, and uh, it really gets us excited and motivated every day. So, um, and and as I've had conversations with others, and I can see them really perking up, and I that's why we want to do this. Yeah. I want to have these conversations mm-hmm. to not just inspire the other person that we're talking to. Hopefully, we'll get more and more listeners and inspire them to mm-hmm. get up and do something and. And each conversation we have, we want those listening to realize that, hey, like for the amount of effort it takes to do something like we're talking about, mm-hmm. the impact it has. Yeah. Um, it's immeasurable sometimes. It, on other people, but also on yourself. Like for me, I can feel myself in this conversation <laughs> just like getting getting energized. Um, it's It truly is amazing. It's, it's the, the community effect. As Ryan, producer Ryan and I have talked about a couple of times, <laughs> it's just a win-win-win from yeah. from all three sides. Yeah, well, an amazing story of resiliency mm-hmm. and uh, amazing impact, and in the community that that you're having mm-hmm. through the courses you're teaching. So, um, uh, I'm sure we're going to have some show notes here, Ryan. We'll we'll attach uh, your business in there so that anyone who's interested in taking those courses yeah, they'll be able to sign up. Um, and, and really appreciate your time here today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christian. Really.